Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan, and today we are coming at you with two different reviews. We are going to be starting off with uh, Top Gun Maverick and moving into Thor Love and Thunder. Um, but of course, before every podcast, we have to run through a little bit of housekeeping. Go follow our Discord, uh, the PC Boys Discord. You can get there through our Instagram via the link, and our Instagram is PC Boys Podcast. Give the Instagram a follow to get updates on whenever we post a new podcast. I also put them on the Discord as well. I kind of do like a, a double upload uh, to both those. Uh, go follow my Getter account to get announcements first on when I do Rumble podcasts, and follow the link on the Instagram to Rumble and my Getter account. And for those of you that don't know what my Rumble is, it's a second channel where I do different kinds of podcasts rather than talk about movies and video games. I simply just talk about society, uh, talk about probably politics once like you know actual big elections and stuff come up, and I also cover. Um, you know, advice, uh, for dating or, or men's advice in general and stuff like that. So that's kind of what, uh, the Rumble account is. It's a little bit different. Uh, I call it PC Boys Uncensored because I'm a lot more uncensored about everything. But, um, without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. So first off, I want to start and, uh, do Top Gun Maverick because Top Gun Maverick, if I'm correct, came out before, uh, Thor, uh, Love, Love and Thunder. So, Top Gun Maverick is a movie I've been very excited to see. I love the original Top Gun movie. It's one of my, I guess you could say, favorite military movies. Um, It it just, it was really badass. It had, like, uh, of course, like, those 80s, you know, themes and the Cold War, and I love the Cold War. Um, Hence why I probably like, you know, Black Ops 1 is my favorite Call of Duty and whatnot. But, um, no, it was... This movie was 10 times better than the original. The original had, like, you know, this side love story and had the big drama when Goose died, and it was all about Maverick, you know, getting back on the saddle and being able to complete the mission, but Top Gun Maverick is more uh, geared around... Maverick gets called back into Top Gun by Iceman, and he is brought in to teach uh, the most recent Top Gun graduating class... Um, how to complete this seemingly impossible mission where they have to take out a nuclear storage facility in a, like, crevice of, like, a fucking mountain, and it's surrounded by, um, anti-air SAM turrets, or turrets, um, and also has 5th gen fighters, uh, around the site as well, which are, like, the most advanced aircraft, I guess, in the, in the movie's world, or one of the most advanced aircraft, Um, so he's brought in to teach it, and one of the people that he ends up teaching is Rooster, a.k.a. uh, the Son of Goose. So, you know, there's a a personal conflict from the beginning. Now, there is a love story in this movie, but it does not affect the movie. It doesn't get in the way of what the main movie's goal is, and the main movie's goal is to simply just show Maverick and, uh, you know, him teaching this, this young group of Top Gun graduates, uh, to complete this mission and having to deal with, um, you know, him and, um, him and, um, Rooster and, and that whole conflict of interest going on. So it's, it's really nice to have a movie that stays focused on the main thing it's trying to do. This movie had, uh, great action scenes, um, especially the, um, F-14 Tomcat versus the 5th Gen Fighter, I personally was really hooked into it when that was going on. I would say more than even the uh, flying 
in the uh, canyon and, and, you know, dropping the bombs uh, to the um, nuclear site underground. I definitely have to say, though, like, every flying moment in this movie was great. And obviously, they were doing it with, um, you know, they were really actually filming them in the jets and stuff, which I think is cool. It makes it a lot more authentic that all the actors and actresses had to go through, like, actual pilot training uh, to be able to take the Gs and stuff and, and do it. So it was really, really cool to see real flying in the movie and, you know, all the action scenes, uh, dogfighting and, and maneuvering and whatnot was really cool as well. It really kept you at the edge of your seat. It was also an emotional movie. They really hit it out of the park with this movie, and I'm glad it made over a billion dollars. I, I believe it made over a billion dollars. Um... But it deserves to. It's a really, really, really good movie. Um, I, I just like to keep it basic and simple. Like, I, I when it comes to Top Gun, there's not, like, a super in-depth thing you gotta do. You basically needed to know the mission, the characters, what the story is, and that's really it. Top Gun is not a movie like Marvel where, you know, you can go into such a deep dive talking about the movie and then where you think they're going and stuff like that. It's just this movie did so many things well. From the action to the script writing, the dialogue, the emotional moments and everything. Um, it was done very, very well. Like, everything in this movie was done very, very well. Um, I don't really have any complaints that I can give this movie. This movie was 110% one of the best movies I've seen to date. By a long shot. I mean, you know, it's really nice to have a good movie uh, once in a while to go... Uh, see, because, you know, lately, the movie department, especially, you know, when we start, you know, getting into the Marvel stuff again, when we talk about Thor and stuff, it's really disappointing, because, you know, a lot of the movies I'm seeing are not enjoyable, like, the movies that I enjoy are, like, slasher movies, where it's a very simple premise, and, oh, you got a killer, and he's killing people, like, you know, it's simple shit, right, but it's, it's entertaining, um, even Venom, like, you know, to a degree, like, is more entertaining, even Morbius is more entertaining than most stuff Marvel puts out, and, yeah, while they, are, like, Morbius or Venom are not, like, top-notch movies, Morbius especially, there is still, in my opinion, more value to be had in just, you know, something that's interesting, um, rather than, or, or fun, rather than a basic cookie-cutter movie that I feel like I've seen, like, 500 times. Uh, Top Gun Maverick really broke, like, every expectation I had, you know, I was like, like, I, I was going into this movie with pretty high expectations, and it still crushed it, so, uh, good on them for doing that. I don't think they need to make a third Top Gun, though, they, they really don't need a third Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick, I think, can stay as the second installment, and they don't need any more. They did a great job, leave it on a good note, don't fucking beat a dead horse. Um, well, it's not a dead horse, but I don't think you could really do much more with Top Gun, um, going forward, but, um, so yeah, that, that is the end of my Top Gun Maverick review, out of 10 stars, I'm gonna give it 10 stars, because this movie, in my opinion, was flawless, I didn't have anything wrong about this movie, I could not complain about anything in this movie, that never happens, by the way, so congratulations on Top Gun Maverick getting, like, one of the only 10-star ratings I think I've ever given anything, um, it, for me, it was perfect, for most people that I know, if it wasn't perfect, it was damn near perfect, so, um, that's how it just do be. But now we're moving on to, uh, I, I guess what the bulk of this, uh, podcast will be, and that will be, of course, Thor Love and Thunder. Now, we all know my thoughts on Thor before I saw the movie. Um, I was not a big fan of it. It, it didn't look particularly interesting, and, uh, you know, I was not really excited about it. And it came out at Disney+, Plus, 
We got Disney Plus because we're watching She-Hulk. So I gave it a watch with my dad the other day. And I liked it more than I thought it was going to. But that's not really a compliment. Considering the fact that I didn't have any expectations for the movie. The movie is still not that good. So let me explain why the movie isn't that good. I think it's better than Thor Ragnarok. But I still don't think it's a really good movie. Thor Ragnarok is one of my least rated Marvel movies, by the way. It, it's it's down there with, like, Spider-Man Far From Home. I, I really... And, and Captain Marvel. Like, I really, really don't like Thor Ragnarok. This movie essentially starts off with Thor. He's with the Guardians of the Galaxy in space. And, you know, was fighting, like, space pirates and shit. And you got Gore um, in, in the very, very beginning of the movie where, you know, his daughter dies, I believe, from, like, either dehydration or starvation... And he and his daughter worship, like, a god. I can't remember who the fuck it was, but it was some guy. And he ends up meeting the god. And, you know, he's all happy because he defeated the person that was wielding the necrosword, right? And then he, uh, Gore, ends up getting the necrosword and it corrupts him. And then he ends up killing that god. And then um, he then goes on a quest to kill a bunch of different gods. Um, a lot of them off screen. And... Then we, of course, pick up with Thor, you know, seeing Sif uh, for the first time, I think, since Thor 2, I think. Uh, no, no, Loki. She, that's right, she was in Loki. Um, but it's still been a while since we've seen her, like, officially come back and not, like, in an alternate reality kind of scene or a back fly or um, a flashback. Um, so he goes and helps Sif and comes to find out about Gore the God Butcher. So now, like... Thor's aware of it, and he's like, okay, we gotta fucking, you know, we gotta do something. So he goes back to New Asgard, where Gore goes, and he ends up uh, summoning shadow monsters to capture a bunch of the kids. Um, at the same time, we also have Jane Foster, who has cancer, and the only person that knows about it is Darcy, I believe that is her name. And she is, you know, with Jane and talking with her, being like, have you told anyone else about you having cancer and stuff? And, um, you know, the, this is the first time that we've seen Darcy's character, um since WandaVision, and we didn't even see her for that long in this movie, which I think was very interesting. It's like, you bring her back, but then you don't bring her back at the same time. It's like, you bring her back for, like, a small section, but then she's gone. Um, like, what was the point of that, um, in my opinion? But whatever. Um, small nitpick. Um, compared to what we have to talk about, uh, to come. So, you know, Gore comes, you know, with the Shadow Monsters, and he collects all of the Asgardian kids and takes them... Do like the shadow realm in a sense, like uh, an area where there's like the absence of light and where his shadow monsters and his darkness can thrive. Um, and you know, th that's all fine. I definitely gotta say Christian Bale and Gore were definitely, or was definitely the standout in this movie. Um, he did a great job. He played a very menacing, uh, character. Now that's basically what starts off this whole journey of going to meet the gods Jane goes to New Asgard a little bit before, you know, Gore captures the kids, and the uh, Mjolnir, who was broken from Hela, starts to reform, and, you know, she ends up wielding the powers of Thor, um, and, yeah, so she comes back to life and his power and stuff, but it's also killing her, so you find that out later on, like, the Necrosword poisons and kills um, you know, whoever wields it, so it's, you know, it's killing Gore, and then, of course, Natalie Portman's, uh, you know, Jane Foster ends up getting a hold of Mjolnir, but every time she wields the powers of Thor, she, uh, ends up, like, 
draining her body of the power to fight off her cancer. So the cancer essentially just rapidly accelerates, killing her. Um, so that's how that works. And so they end up going to, um, they end up going uh, to like this special, like secret city, uh, where Zeus is because they're trying to get an army of gods to go after Gore the God Butcher. And they get there and, you know, Thor's talking to Zeus and Zeus is like, no, nah, I don't want to come help you. And, and then Thor demands him. So Zeus, you know, brings him out to the middle of the floor and Thor antagonizes him, calling him pretty much a pussy bitch. And, um, yeah, so Zeus ends up like chaining him with lightning, flicking off his robe, revealing him naked, which, okay. Um, and then, you know, everybody proceeds to gasp or fall over or whatever, you know, haha, funny joke. Um, and then he eventually, like, gets some robes and stuff, and Zeus is like, yeah, we're afraid of go uh, gore, but if we stay here, you know, he won't know where we are, and we'll be safe, yada, yada, yada. And Thor ends up basically, um, getting Zeus lightning bolt, throwing it through his chest, taking the lightning bolt, and they end up going up to the Shadow Realm. Um, and I know that I'm, like, kind of just, like, running through the movie, like, really quickly, but that's kind of what we have to do. We have to paraphrase. It would take us forever if we went, like, step by step every, you know, everywhere through. Um, so they're on their way to the Shadow Realm, and with the fucking goats. I, I, I don't know, man. The goats really didn't do it for me. Like, yeah, they were funny in the beginning, but then when they keep screaming throughout the whole damn movie, it got a little bit annoying. So the goats, for me, are not necessarily a standout. They're kind of like, eh. Started good, not so good because it's just overused. Um, so that that happens. So the, they they get there, right? You know, they get there. Jane's revealed that she has cancer to Thor, and they all end up fighting her. Valkyrie or Val fighting him. Valkyrie ends up getting seriously injured, and you know, Gore's like you know taunting them or whatever. And Thor ends up getting them all you know out of there. Um, and they come to find out the Stormbreaker is the key for him to open, like, this, uh, the gate to Eternity. And Eternity essentially will, you know, grant him, like, one main wish. Um, so what ends up happening is, so they end up going back to Earth, and Jane is, you know, really sick. Like, the cancer is, like, you know, pretty much got her on deathbed. And Thor's like, if you wield the hammer one more time, you'll, you'll die. So I'm gonna go face Gore by myself. And he does. He goes to face Gore to save the kids. He imbues all the kids with the power of Thor. And they end up fighting the shadow monsters. And Thor's about to get killed by Gore. And who comes to his rescue? Jane Foster uh, wielding the hammer as uh, Thor. So, yeah. So now you got both of them there. They're fighting Gore. They end up destroying the Necro Sword, but in the process also destroying Jane's hammer. So Gore ends up, you know, he's starting to die. And he goes through the Gate of Eternity because it opened up. Um, and Jane Foster ends up dying as well. Um... And then, so, while they're all in the Gate of Eternity, you know, Thor's basically telling uh, Gore, you know, you can choose love, and, because he was gonna go there to wish to kill all the gods, obviously, and, and he's saying, you know, you can wish for love and bring your daughter back to life, um, and, you know, Jane's sitting there dying, and he's like, I'd rather spend time with her than spend time with you, because I, you know, love Jane and whatnot, and... You know, this is a pretty emotional scene in the movie, I gotta say. Like, this was one of the well-done scenes, in my opinion. Um, and Gore ends up wishing for his daughter to come back and apologize to her and whatnot. And, you know, Jane ends up dying, Gore ends up dying, and then Thor ends up becoming the dad to love. And she can, like, shoot lasers out of her eyes and shit. And, you know, she's wields Stormbreaker and stuff at the end of the movie while they go and, like, help people. 
Um, and then they also have the scene of like Korg with his boyfriend or, or whatever, making a, a kid. Um, I know a lot of people got like, cause I, in the beginning of this movie, um, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, is, they said it's going to be the gayest Marvel movie. The only thing that was gay in this movie is that Valkyrie kissed a girl's hand and Korg has a boyfriend, but by what the sound of it is, is the alien race that is, you know, Korg's race anyways, like the rock people or whatever, they're all guys. It's like an alien, all the aliens are girls. It's literally the same concept. I wouldn't even consider that gay. I would just say it's that's how the alien race is. Like they're literally like one gender and they just reproduce in a different way. So... For me, I, I wouldn't even call that gay. I would just say it's just an alien thing. <laughs> it's just an alien thing, because that's what it is. I mean, in war, that's exactly what it is. So for those people that are freaking out about that, it's like, who gives a fuck? I mean, it's not even that big of a deal. It's not like She-Hulk where they're fucking shoving feminism down your throat every episode. But anyways, I, I digress. But yeah, so the movie, as you can tell by the tone of how I go through this movie, it's, it's not really that great. I mean, I don't hate it. I've seen worse, but it's it's not good either. It's really not. Um, what would I rate Thor in Love and Thunder? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I think that they have potential with Thor. I mean, they are introducing Hercules as probably the next villain, uh, at least in the mid-credits scene. Um, so I definitely think that, uh, you know, I think that Thor 5 could be a good movie. You know, they they handle it, right? But last two movies, I would say Thor has not been handled the best. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, this movie felt a little bit more Thor than, like, the last movie, when it came to Ragnarok, it didn't feel like Thor, it didn't deal with a lot of Asgardian stuff outside of, like, getting them out of Asgard, but the rest of the movie, you know, just felt like a Guardians of the Galaxy ripoff, and then this movie felt more Thor-like, majority of the way through, um, and that's why I personally enjoyed it, uh, a lot more than the, the previous Thor movie, because I like Thor's distinctive, um, Nordic roots and, and, and really focusing on that, and I think with Thor, um, you know, although Asgard was featured in Ragnarok, it just didn't feel like it, it, it was done justice, you know, so me personally, no, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Thor Ragnarok, but Love and Thunder was pretty well done, um, at least in the regards to, you know, respecting, like, you know, Thor's lore and, uh, you know, the gods and, and that Nordic mythology, you know, staying pretty true to that. I really appreciate that. Um, but at the end of the day, I would have to give this movie a six. I mean, it's, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. I, I, I wouldn't even give it a seven because it's just, it's hard for me to give a movie a seven if I'm not even really caring about the main cast most of the time. Jane Foster's death did affect me, like, it did hit me, I mean, you know, I've seen her in the other movies and stuff, but at the end of the day, in the post credit scene, she's in Valhalla, and chances are they're gonna bring her back anyways, I mean, you don't just introduce Mighty Thor and then axe her off after one movie, so I'm not really too worried about that, that I guess that that's another reason why, like, is it just me, or when Marvel movies, like, make it very predictable what their next moves are, and you, like, they kill a character off, but you know they're gonna come back, doesn't that, like, undo the purpose of, like, killing them in the first place? Like, to me, it just, it seems pointless. It doesn't seem like it's, you know, worth that. Um, but anyway, so, this movie, I thought it was very good. Um, 
in terms of being better than the last one, but in terms of the grand scope of the MCU, it's a little below mid-average MCU film. Not a big fan of it. Um, you know, yesterday we were talking about D23. Um, like I said, there's there's a lot of, you know, hopefuls coming down the line. Secret Invasion, Werewolf by Night. Um, you know, there, there's some good projects down the line. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I wasn't a big fan of the first Black Panther movie. Like, I mean, it was a good movie. But, like, I wasn't, like, where everybody else was. Everybody was like, this was, like, the best movie ever made. And I'm like, it's really not, though. This movie is not the best ever made. It was good. It was a good movie. But it wasn't the best movie ever made. Not even the best MCU movie, in my opinion. I think Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And uh, I definitely think that, you know, Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, Captain America, Civil War, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, my favorite Marvel movie of all time, um, I think are much better than Black Panther. Black Panther was a good movie, but I think it was overhyped um, and, and overpraised. And, and we do live in a culture today where Marvel is overpraised for everything they do. Literally. Um, but yeah. Those are my thoughts on the uh, on the two movies. So uh, before you know we we end the podcast, I, I do want to talk more about Marvel, right? Because I think that you know, outside of just doing reviews, I think that Marvel needs a little bit more coverage because there are probably people out there that think that I'm a complete Marvel hater now, but I'm not. I love Marvel a lot. Okay, I mean, I got fucking posters all up over my room. I mean, I only got one here that you can visibly see. You know, I got some pop Funkos and shit back there, but you know. Um, I'm a big nerd. I always have been. I mean, I cosplay and shit. Like, I mean, I, I'm about as nerdy as you can as you can get. Um, but at the end of the day, Marvel Studios, and it's not just me that's even like realizing this, but Marvel Studios projects are just not that good right now. She-Hulk isn't good. Most of these movies they're coming out with are average, if that. Like Shang-Chi, in my opinion, was a really good movie. I enjoyed that. It was it was it was different enough for me. Um, and that's why I liked it. Werewolf by Night is super different, and that's why I'm really interested to see if that's, uh, you know, if that's gonna be any good. I think it will be. And then Secret Evasion just looks great. I mean, Secret Evasion looks awesome. So I definitely am excited for stuff Marvel has down the line, not to mention Daredevil, um, probably, let's see, uh, Kevin Feige at D23 said they were starting to film Daredevil next year, so we'll probably end up seeing Daredevil Let's see, next year, 2020. So, 2024, probably around 2024, we'll see something of Daredevil. Or later, 2023, we'll probably end up seeing some footage of, you know, Daredevil Born Again. So, I'm excited. There's a, There are things coming that I'm excited about. But, Marvel as a whole has not been producing quality content recently that has gotten me, like, yes... Like, if you go back and you look at my Marvel podcast back from when the podcast began all the way up through to Avengers Endgame, every Marvel podcast, I would say, was very positive. Um, it's after Avengers Endgame where things started to take a deep dive because at the end of the day, things are just not, um, they're just not as uh, good, equality-wise. And, and I don't think I'm the only one that thinks this. I mean, at least the people that I've talked to and that I've, you know, watch on YouTube, um, you know, relatively fair people, uh, with criticisms, like, if you don't criticize the MCU, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're blind, like, She-Hulk is not a good show, if you like She-Hulk, you have a very high tolerance, because that show is dog shit, I honestly think She-Hulk is one of the worst, if not worst, things that the MCU has put out, ever, you know, I don't like Spider-Man Far From Home, I don't like, um, 
Captain Marvel. I don't like some of these things. Like, I really, really don't like them. But She-Hulk, in the first episode, proved to be so unlikable that I was just like, okay, I'm I'm not a big fan of this character. She is an asshole to Bruce. And then every other, you know, episode after that, it has been subsequently just... Ugh, cringe, pretty much. So, my opinion um, about Marvel as a whole, like, it, they're not irredeemable. Like, they have a good catalog. They have, like, you know, 10 years of pretty good fucking projects. But it comes down to, with going into the future, are you going to continue to make good projects? Or are we just going to keep getting these, like, mid-mediocre you know, uh, quality projects, and if we keep getting these mediocre projects, I don't think that we're going to have as good of a MCU interpretation as we have for many years, because you take all this time, you build up some goodwill, you know, people are, you know, trust your brand, but if your brand starts to suck balls for 10 years, I mean, how are you going to maintain people, you know? And like I said, I say this as someone that's passionate about Marvel, as someone that loves Marvel. You gotta actually have good writing to make good quality shows and or movies. And right now, Marvel doesn't have that. They're hiring people onto movies that have no experience. They have script writers that don't know how to write scripts. They're overworking everybody in the CGI department. Like, Marvel is just not doing things right at the moment. And they need to make some changes. Because if they don't, then I feel like things like Daredevil could become boring, mishandled, and then, you know, if, if I come on here and I say Daredevil Born Again is a bad show, which I, I really hope that that's not the case, um, but if it's written that bad, I won't be afraid to say, yeah, this show sucks. And if I say that, you guys definitely know something's wrong with Marvel, because I love Daredevil. Not as much as Spider-Man, but I love Daredevil. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for me. Thank you very much for joining the podcast with me today. I know it's a little bit different if you're listening on Spotify because I got video. Um, But if you're just listening to this audio-wise, you know, I I appreciate everybody watching, whether that's the video-formatted version on Spotify or the audio version of this. Um, But I'm really, really excited uh, for this week, uh, in particular for PC Boys, because we have a lot of content coming down the road. Now, I know I'm in school, and I got a lot of shit I got to do in school, so obviously I'm not going to neglect school stuff, but... Uh, with that being said, though, there's a lot to talk about this week. We got the Call of Duty Weekend 1, uh, beta for Modern Warfare 2. Um, I obviously can't play it. I got, well, Xbox. Uh, I will be able to play Thursday, though, next week. So, starting next week on Thursday, I can actually give you guys some hands-on my first thoughts about Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer, which is great. I'm excited to talk about that next week. But, we have Call of Duty next coming up, so they're gonna discuss about a bunch of Call of Duty announcements, Modern Warfare 2 stuff, and we'll break all that down here. Kind of, It's kind of like the D23, but for Call of Duty-centric. Um, so we got that to talk about. We got weekend one of the beta to talk about. So what I'll probably do is I'll talk to people that have played the beta or I will watch YouTubers and get their consensus of what Modern Warfare 2's beta is like. And then I'll give my thoughts, um, once I get my hands on it the week after. So that's all nice. Um, and we'll get to talk all about that, uh, great stuff. Um, on Rumble, I'm gonna be doing a few more podcasts, um, the last one I did, it was, it was, it was a very short one compared to what I normally do on Rumble, 
Um, but last time we were talking about like modern, uh, modern day feminism and my thoughts on it and going forward, um, I was thinking about doing some like reactions, like, you know, like, um, Gen Z's really dumb. Like, you know, they go on to like the streets and they ask like people in Gen Z questions and stuff. Um, so I was thinking about doing some of that stuff for like rumble and like reacting to that and, and giving my thoughts, uh, on that stuff for, or trolling or, or whatever. Um, but yeah. Um, I am trying to think about some more actual topics for Rumble, though, outside of, like, reaction stuff. Um, I do want to talk about on Rumble, um, some, like, men's advice stuff, because I have yet to do that. Um, but I, I, I do want to do that. Or even, uh, some woman's advice, I, I guess, if, if we're talking about, like, uh, date, if, if you're looking to date, like, a more traditional guy, like, this is, you know, what traditional men are looking for, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so... I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. A lot of content coming down the road for PC Boys and for PC Boys Uncensored. Um, But stay tuned to the announcements. Uh, Like I said, all my Rumble announcements are on Getter first. All my regular uh, podcast announcements are on the Discord. But I always um, make a post on Instagram every time I upload a new podcast uh, to the main channel. So subscribe to all my social medias. I don't care if it's the Discord, the Getter, the uh, Instagram account. Uh, do whatever. Also, buy some PC Boys merch as well. Uh, that link is also on the, um, PC Boys Instagram page. But thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all enjoyed, and I will catch you all in the next one.